When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. At it is, it is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, but not for long on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He has been on duty for the NBA Finals and the NBA Playoffs all along. And the aforementioned Mike Greenberg is going to join us here in just a moment. Canty, Getting back to the finals tomorrow night in Boston, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I have been on the Warriors, as you know, all along, and I feel like this, I still feel like it's going to go seven, but at this point, I feel like uh, we really have seen a tremendous performance by the Warriors to put themselves back in this situation. So with that in mind, we welcome in the namesake of this program. He is Mike Greenberg. Who joins us right now? Greeny, it is Canty and Carlin who have been uh, filling your seat and really doing it for quite some time now in terms of just sheer tonnage on our part being the larger show on ESPN Radio. How are you? You you fill the seat extremely well, effectively. And thank you, guys. Thank you very much for um, for being willing to do all this with, with me being uh, gone. And I just heard the, the, the tail end of what you were saying there. You know, I have been on the Celtics. Anyone who's been watching our pregame shows um, on the before leading into each of these games, going back to the Eastern Conference Finals, I have picked the Celtics to win 12 consecutive times. I picked them in all seven games of the Eastern Conference Finals, and I picked them in all five games of the NBA Finals. And have, right now, I'm 500 because they're 500. And I, I my uh, my view of it, Chris, is I really genuinely believe the Celtics are the better team. And it is sometimes frustrating, and I know it has been frustrating for their fans to watch because they do not always play that way. Um, enough so that at this point, I, my inclination is to say the likeliest scenario here is that the Warriors wind up winning it, whether they close it out tomorrow night or we all go back for a Game 7. Um, but I will forever believe the Celtics should have won this series. I just think they have more good players. They just do things in the fourth quarter that sometimes – make you want to pull your hair out and um, it, it almost cost them the Miami series and it may very well wind up costing them this championship. And Greeny, I think the face of the fourth quarter struggles for the Boston Celtics has been Jason Tatum, who's averaging just three points per game in the fourth quarter in this series on 23% shooting. What needs to happen differently in order for Tatum to get back on track? Is it fair for us to expect Jason Tatum to do more given how Golden State is trying to defend them? Yes, it is absolutely. Look, I mean, we never talked about how Michael Jordan was being defended or or Kevin Durant was being defended or Kawhi Leonard was being defended. Great players lead their teams to championships at this time of year, and there are ways to do that without just scoring. Um, There are ways to do that. You can't be turning the ball over as regularly as he is. You cannot be throwing just startlingly bad passes. And I'll give everyone something to look for. We tried to spotlight this on Get Up this morning. 
But sitting with Jalen Rose during these games, he pointed out to me on multiple occasions, when Tatum drives, and this is what they are forcing him to do in the fourth quarters, in particular these games, Tatum puts his head down and goes right every single time. He just puts his head down and goes to his right, and they're letting him do it. And then they bring another defender, and because his head is down, he is not seeing the floor. And J.J. Redick did a very good job with the tape this morning of illustrating that in one spot, Marcus Smart is wide open on the wing, and Tatum doesn't see it. And another, Horford is spotted up in a corner, and Tatum doesn't see it because for whatever reason, when he, when he goes to the basket, he puts his head down, and he's not seeing the floor. And I don't know if that's something that can be addressed you know, in a week. That's probably something he needs to spend an offseason working on. Um, but I do believe that is the biggest problem they are having is that he and Jalen Brown late in these games trying to go to this ISO ball and they are turning the ball over repeatedly. And that was their struggle. The fourth quarter was their struggle all season long. And it almost killed them in the Miami series. It, it, it easily could have cost them game seven of that series. And I think it has really hurt them in the last two games of this series. Mike Greenberg is joining us. Greeny on his own show right now here on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today. It is amazing that we're talking about a team that is in the NBA Finals, yet what do we discuss with the Celtics? Just that. Some of the mistakes that they make in that regard. All of the turnovers that they make and the numbers that are just so starkly different between when they turn the ball over 15 times or less or 15 times or more Greeny, I don't remember having a finals team that felt like it had so many of these really qualifying type statistics that can draw the line between the good and the bad so easily with them. Yeah, the turnover number is unbelievable. Uh, I forget. It was like they're 13 and two in the playoffs when they don't turn it over 15 times. And the, the, the number is, is the number 15 turnovers has been the magic number for them and it, it, it's it's like an nfl team you know chris canty we always say well whoever wins the turnover battle or you can't turn and that, that's usually a football thing it has been so clearly the case for this Celtic team and look let's be clear they've had a magnificent season they've had a magnificent run and i think their future looks fabulous whether they win this championship or not but the disappointment that will come if they do not i think stems from the idea that they are the better team i really believe that and it's, it's not a it's not something i can prove but I, I firmly believe they should win this series. And if they don't, I think it's a disappointment. And I also think it's, it's a dangerous game to say, oh, but this is just the beginning of something. They'll be back. Because there are a lot of really good young teams in the NBA. We are entering an era right now in the absence of super teams, which is a wonderful thing for the sport. There are a ton of really good young teams, many of them in the West. But I do not think it is, it is as simple as saying, well, the Celtics will be back here again you know, four times in the next six years, I, no matter how good Tatum and Brown are, you got to take this opportunity when you have it. And I think they have it. And if they lose, uh, you know, either tomorrow night or Sunday, I think it will be a real lost opportunity for this team to win a championship. Greeny, we talked about the turnovers being more of a football thing than a basketball thing in terms of point of emphasis and dictating wins. There's another saying in football, you make your money in the regular season, you make your legacy in the postseason. As far as Mm -hmm. Steph Curry is concerned with his legacy, if he were to win this championship, if he were to find a way to close it out over the next two games and win his fourth title and go on to beat finals MVP, what would that do for his overall legacy and where would that put him when we start comparing him to the greats in the pantheon of the NBA? 
All right, so for the fir- the first question is easy. The second question, <laughs> we could spend the rest of our lives debating. The first question is, I think that the scenario you just laid out, Steph, let's just say Steph has a Steph night tomorrow night, scores 33 points, hits a bunch of threes, and they win. Then I think it means more for his legacy. It means as much as the first three championships combined. Because the first one, I think, can be diminished by those who choose to do so by the fact that LeBron in that series was playing all by himself. No Kyrie, no Kevin Love, no chance. The middle two, you know, we're, we're, we're all about Durant and about that team being unfairly good. You put Kevin Durant on a team that won 73 games. Um, I, I think it is impossible to assess the individual magnitude for any of those players, including Durant, of what those championships mean because they just created a cheat code. This, I think, would mean everything to come back after Durant, after everything they've lost, on a team that depends on him so much more than any, any of the previous teams have. I mean, Draymond is a shell of what he was during that. Klay Thompson is by no means all the way back from all the injuries that he has had. This is so much more about Steph than those previous championships were. Um, that I think from a legacy standpoint, it would mean as much as the other three combined if he wins this thing and, and, and has you know one more great night and is the MVP. doesn't have to be a night as good as the one that he had last Friday, but sort of a vintage Steph night. Now, as far as where it puts him all time, <coughs> it goes without saying. That's like the impossible one, right? Is he a top <laughs> 10 player of all time? The problem with saying that is it means you're taking one of the top 10 players of all time out. Uh, and, and when you look at that list, if you just look at the list that ESPN did um, of the top, uh, you know, where he was number 16 um, at the beginning of this past season and Durant was 12, the highest rated active player, Okay, we're going to move him ahead of Durant. That's fair. Are we putting him ahead of Shaq? Are we putting him ahead of Larry Bird? Are we putting him ahead of Tim Duncan? Are we putting him ahead of Kobe Bryant? I mean, these are the names that we're talking about now. So that is something that we don't have enough time to, to, to delve into that. That's, that's something we will spend hours and hours and hours of this summer on this show and every show talking about because clearly – Steph belongs in the conversation with the all-time greats. He has earned that already. But if we're really going to go hard, fast into making a list, putting a player into the top 10 is really rarefied air. And that, let's put it this way. To me, that will be a fun debate to have. I do not think it is as easy as saying he's a top 10 player and just leaving it at that. Greeny is with us. He, of course, is traveling for the NBA Finals. And this this is where I'm fascinated with you. You have been on the road here basically now for what, three or four weeks uh, between the conference finals and the NBA finals. And I, I wonder about your travel routine. How are you handling all of this? Has the road (laughs) gotten to you? And are you the guy that when you check into the hotel room that you are immediately looking to wipe everything down? Do you trust (laughs) what happens when you get into the hotel room? Well, I was that guy long before COVID, um, to be very clear. I, I did not require a global pandemic to become a germaphobe. Um, my credentials along those lines are, are, are uh, very uh, well earned. So that, that part of it is easy. Um, the travel has, look, it's been exhilarating. This has been, all, all kidding aside, you know, I mean, I'm 54 years old. I've been doing this, I've been in this business for 30 years 
for someone at my stage of life and my stage of my career to have an experience that is entirely new, entirely different, a whole new adventure, a whole new, um, you know, a whole new opportunity. You know, that's rare. Like I wasn't counting on that. So I'm thrilled and I'm doing everything I can to really sort of treasure every moment of it being back in these arenas. That's how I started my career Chris, 30 years ago, covering the Bulls and Michael Jordan being at all these NBA Finals games and stuff like that. And then I've been in the studio uh, since then. And I, there was a part of me that assumed I just was going to be for the rest of my life. So to be at the games, to be you know in the room where it happens, if you will, has been a thrill. I've loved it. I, I'm having the time of my life. The travel is what it is. You know, I will I will acknowledge that, that when my red eye was delayed three hours the other night coming back from San Francisco, I was not in a great mood <laughs> when it's one thirty in the morning, when it's one thirty in the morning Pacific and uh, our friends at JetBlue are announcing, well, your incoming plane is still, you know, 45 minutes away. Those are those are the those are the moments that try one's soul. Um, but but on the whole, I mean, it's been it's been an unbelievable experience and. You know, whether it ends tomorrow night or, or we go back for a game seven, um, I, I'm just thrilled to have to have been a part of it. I mean, I, it, so th- I know that's not what you were looking for, but that's really what I've been feeling. No, listen, um, it's awesome. You know, for these last couple of days. But it's awesome to hear how much you are enjoying it, and it comes through in the broadcast each and every night. Enjoy it tomorrow night at TD Garden. If you do have to go back to San Francisco, I will not lie. There was a time when at SFO I got the worst food poisoning of my life, so I will text oh. you the name of that place at San Francisco's airport. You don't want to go there. Oh, please do. Yes. I, I, that, 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 that will be one to avoid. But thank you, guys. Thank you for being there all this time while I've been away, and, and I appreciate I appreciate that very much, and I'll be back soon. Um, and in the meantime, it should be fun tomorrow night. Thanks, fellas. Awesome. Mike Greenberg with us. And, of course, all the coverage, Game 6 tomorrow night on ABC. He and the crew on NBA Countdown will get you ready for the Celtics and the Warriors. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there. Like your kids, their kids, and even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley, life happens out there. Up next... PGA Tour players are speaking out. This is a clear divide, and I have a feeling it's going to get somewhat entertaining between these two sides. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Tell you what, between the players who have joined the Live Tour and the ones who are staying on the PGA, there are a lot more instances of, what's the word I'm looking for here, Chris? It's not trash talk, but there there is an awful lot of chatter between these two sides where it feels like this is ramping up quite a bit right now. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of beef between the two parties, right? It's like everybody wants to see what the relationship is going to be like with the guys that are on the PGA Tour versus the guys that defect to the Live Tour. And it feels like the PGA guys are much more outspoken and they have a lot of animus toward the guys that decided to leave. And if you're a professional golfer, I don't know how you could be mad at Phil Mickelson going over there and getting, what, $200 million or Dustin Johnson going over there and getting $125 million to play on the Live Tour. I don't know how you could be upset at a guy whose job it is to play golf professionally to go get that kind of bag. I, I just I still don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, and so it feels like guys are unnecessarily taking shots and drawing lines with this whole thing. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You're not the only one who feels that way. Michael Collins, ESPN golf analyst, America's caddy on KJM this morning. It's very easy for the guy who already got a $100 million contract with Nike to then tell other people, hey, why are you just chasing the money? So you're telling all these young dudes, hey, man, you don't need to take the money. Come over here. This is where the competition is. It's all about your legacy. Cool. Legacy is not buying my plane ticket, man. So the last time I checked, I haven't seen Rory making any donations to those young dudes mm. that are out there struggling trying to get on a corn ferry tour. Like, if you want to do that, John Rahm did the same thing. John Rahm's like, hey, man, it's not about the money. It's about the legacy. All right, cool. So you're not taking a paycheck this week. Like, no-cut events don't count. All right, cool. So you're never playing a no-cut event anymore? Okay. All right. Cool. Second FedEx Cup event and the Tour Championship. You ain't playing because they're not real because it's no-cut event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Listen, I, I get it. Uh, we all know why these guys are doing it. Uh, my question that is just kind of larger at this point is, is there going to now create a true rivalry between these two tours and – you know, kind of ultimately create some bigger events that might be joint events where everybody ends up making more money out of it. Because if you're the PGA, Chris, there's going to come a time here where you may lose enough guys that you really have to look at trying to adopt a mentality of if you can't beat them, join them just to keep their own, what's the word I'm looking for, livelihood at that point. Yeah, I don't think the PGA Tour is going to, be in a hurry to make that decision. Carl, Not in a hurry, but when it starts, I think, but, more but guys start leaving. Well, yeah, we'll have to see how many more guys decide they're going to defect to the live tour, knowing the implications, knowing that they could potentially be suspended from the PGA tour indefinitely. I, I'm not quite sure that guys are ready to give up on the PGA tour altogether. And that's why the tour was so aggressive in suspending Dustin Johnson and, and and all of the other guys that decided to go with the live tour because they want to send a message to the guys that are currently on the tour that if you do that, 
then you are an outsider as far as the PGA Tour is concerned. But here's my thing, Carlin. The PGA Tour taking this tact with the Live Tour guys just doesn't make any sense. Because forever, golfers have been playing in other tours around the world. Golfers play in the Sunshine Tour. Golfers play in the Asian Tour. Before the PGA Tour adopted the Canadian Tour in 2012. But were any of golfers, those ever really golfers, a threat to golfers the PGA? Were play, golfers were playing there. So, to me, there's a level of hypocrisy with what the PGA Tour is doing now, and it speaks directly to the point that you're trying to make, which is this is all about the live tour having deep pockets and potentially being a threat to what the PGA Tour is doing, not only internationally, but, but domestically. Because half of the live tour events are on United States soil. So I think that's the part where the PGA Tour is looking at it and saying, these guys could be taking a little bit of our bottom line, and we're not going to stand for it. We're not here for it. So I think that's where the bigger issue comes into play, and that's why the PGA Tour is trying to be so aggressive and so outspoken about how bad the live tour is for the overall growth of the game of golf. I would argue the opposite, Carlin. I think the rivalry is exactly what golf needs. It makes it interesting. How many times have we been talking about golf, the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, and their reactions based on what's been taking place the last month or so? We've been talking about golf every other day. How could this not be a good thing for the sport in terms of the overall growth of the game? Here's Rom and what he had to say yesterday. Yeah, money is great, but... When Kelly and I, was, this first thing happened, we, we started talking about it. We are like, will our lifestyle change if I got $400 million? No. It will not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made and I've lived a very happy life and not play golf again. So uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the, for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I've always been interested in history and legacy, and right now, the PGA Tour has that. There's there's a meaning when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win Arnold Palmer's event at Bay Hill. There's a meaning when you win L.A., Torrey, some of these historic venues. And that, to me, matters a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, calling, I, I'm uh, yeah. calling BS, man. There, no, there's, there's no way no. you say, I, I never no. really played for no. money. Because okay. if you didn't play for money, then you wouldn't want a paycheck. You uh, wouldn't want to be compensated for it. So and I, my I, lifestyle wouldn't change if I got $400 million? Guess again. I mean... Honestly, that sounds like a guy that didn't get offered the $400 million, and he starts talking about how special the memorial is. It ain't $400 million special. No, it's not, man. And that's the and here's the other problem with what John Rahm is saying, Carlin. You can't assign what you would do in a certain situation and how you value the game of golf to other guys. You just can't do that. Everybody is not the same. So I don't have to subscribe to whatever your belief system is, whatever your morals and values are. I don't have to say, well, the game of golf has to be about the love first and I'm going to put money on the back burner. That might be your approach to it, but that doesn't mean it has to be mine. And at the end of it, it's called professional golf because guys get paid. And anytime you're really good at something, you want to be compensated fairly for it. It just so happens that the Live Tour is going to allow these guys to realize a lot more of their value than the PGA Tour would allow them to realize, and that's why they made the decision. If that dynamic weren't the case, then the PGA Tour wouldn't have this problem. I, I don't think the PGA Tour had any problem letting guys play in those other tours that you were talking about because they were never truly a threat to them, and this is. And that's where the real issue, I think, here lies. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. The Miracle on Ice, the Helmet Catch, the Flu Game, 
Clutch moments like these separate the winners from the losers. So in a market sometimes down 16%, 50%, 92%, who's pulling off a win? Well, look no further than this exciting market with a global value of $1.7 trillion, and it's only going to get bigger. In fact, experts predict it will grow by another $1 trillion in less than five years. Here's the cool thing. You don't have to be a baller or a team owner to get in on the action. All you need is a smartphone. It's not betting. This is way more impactful. Check it out. It's called Masterworks. They've already got over 400,000 members on their platform, and ESPN listeners get priority access to skip the wait list. Just go to masterworks.com, promo code GREENY. That's masterworks.com, promo code GREENY. Masterworks.com, promo code G-R-E-E-N-Y. See important regulation aid disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. There is no guarantee of profits, and investing includes risk of loss. Perhaps an unforeseen major issue that could be arising here for the world champions. Who we talking about, we'll tell you next. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G and America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So I'm looking up at the screen, and it's Wednesday, which means Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, is on first take and Chris you know I worked with him for a long time I produced his show for a long time I should say worked for him and he's a friend but I mean I he's just he some of the takes are just I, I I'm sorry he just ranked the sports cities best sports fan bases by city and in the top five number five Philadelphia number four Chicago number three New York number two Detroit number one Cleveland. Yeah, no, nah, I don't. I don't know I if mean, I can get down with any of that. What What are we doing here? New, New York and Chicago have to be at the top of the list, and Philly would be there too. Philly I, is I mean, right up there. Yeah, I would flip it. I I would go with New York number one. I would say Philadelphia number two, Chicago number three. Cleveland can be in the conversation at number four, but there's no way that the Cleveland is the number one sports fan base. 
in all the country. Hey, no is, shot. Is I mean, is no Boston shot. not in this discussion? Boston should absolutely be Boston in this discussion. Boston has to be in this They absolutely should. Where, where, no, no. Detroit? Detroit number two? Literally Detroit. No. I mean, are we ranking it by pain? Is that how we're ranking it? <laughs> Literally the only Detroit fan I know, well, there's two. Uh, uh, like Bart. 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 Yeah. Well, and even he seems kind of fugazi a little bit. He is it? a fugazi Detroit fan. <laughs> That's a tough thing to say. Bart, Call Bart, somebody Bart, from Bart, is a Mets, Bart is a Mets fan. Well, He's but he a became Mets a Mets fan for business purposes no, a few a years Mets, back. No, but still, no, though, yeah, so you, you have to challenge his fandom. Yeah, you can't become yeah, a fan. You can't at become a, a Mets fan. Yeah, you nah, from Detroit. Stop. You need to be rooting for. Well, I'll, I'll take away the football part because he played professional football for the Jets. But he needs to be a Pistons fan, and he needs to be a Tigers fan. Well, he, he's, a- he, he says he is a Pistons fan. He is a Pistons fan. I know that. Because he was very excited last year at Cade Cunningham. Okay, that's great. Yeah, he's not a Tigers fan. I can promise you that. No, he's not a Tigers fan. Yeah, and he's he, not caping for the Red Wings. And so. he's not. He's not. Trust me, he's not locked in on the Lions every Sunday either. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I mean, for that matter, is a lot of Detroit locked in on the Lions? Are we going to call Detroit? I mean, because they show up on Thanksgiving Day, and I'm not knocking their fans, but I just like that feels like a a list that we just made out of. All the pain that those two particular cities have endured, that doesn't mean they have the best fan bases. Yeah, but have they been through the most pain? I mean, maybe Detroit, you can make that argument that they've been through a lot of pain. It's been a long time since they've had a championship. But I I just, I I don't know. Have they been through the most pain as far as major sports cities? I don't, I mean, they've been through a lot. Cleveland has one championship in how long? And then Detroit, I mean... It's the Pistons, the Lions have never done anything. The Red Wings had a long stretch of success. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and, you know, the Tigers, it's been a while. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Detroit has more than their share, but I, I would say those two. I mean, Pittsburgh is not a great sports city. Are Pittsburgh we not, is an outstanding sports it city. Is a, it is a tremendous sports city. And yeah. I have to tell you, like Philadelphia at five, I, I spent a year there. And you go into Philadelphia with a preconceived notion, and I know that it is a a different feel for somebody who played against that fan base, right? But Mm -hmm. I thought Chris Long put it brilliantly about the Philadelphia fan base a few weeks back on his podcast when he said they are the fan base equivalent of the guy that you have when he's on your team, you absolutely love him. And when he's on the other team, you cannot freaking stand him. Yes. That, to me, is a great fan base. That is the Philly sports fan. No question about it. I'm with you a thousand percent. And I'll say this. They are loyal to to their athletes. Like, you can go and have a good year or two in Philadelphia and never, ever, ever have to work again. Yeah, that's not necessarily true for Carson Wentz. Well, that's true. Exactly. So maybe might want to walk that back just a little bit. Chris is in Michigan. He wants to defend Detroit on this situation. Chris, go. Are we hammering Detroit unfairly at this point? Well, not so much maybe unfairly, but you got to admit, uh, we don't have the best teams to root for in Detroit. And if we keep coming back year after year, that says a lot. That I mean, that is fair. That is definitely fair. But there, when you say coming back, who are they really coming back? Like I, the team that I would look at that they continually come back to would be the the Lions and certainly more so the Red Wings. Like 
the Red Wings, it strikes me, those games are sold out a ton. Are they coming back all the time for the Pistons? Are they coming back all the time for the Tigers? Certainly not. I think after COVID clears up and that the Pistons can get something going with their new arena downtown, there's a lot going around down there, but I understand your point. But, yeah, we we do have to deal with some uh, terrible teams and Ford Field sells out almost every game. Yeah, listen, and I I feel for you. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I mean, I guess we're playing. I, I guess we're waiting football more than the other sports, Carlin. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're sitting there looking around. At least Detroit has won a championship over the last two decades, right? Yeah. The city of Detroit. They've got a championship. Yes. What 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 has Minnesota won in the last couple? <laughs> when's, the la- when's the last time the Twins won something? What was it 91? You talking about the, ni- the 90s? <laughs> the early 90s? <laughs> uh, 91. No, no. Is there anybody that we're forgetting here? I'm not going to put any of the California cities in that discussion. I think San Francisco can be good, but they're not consistently good as a fan base. Kansas City is specifically around the Chiefs. Yes. You know, they're not a good, they're not a great Royal fan base. And, you know, they don't show up necessarily uh, if things are not going well for the Royals. Uh, who am I forgetting, Nuno? What other city? Denver? Eh, not really. No, I I, I don't know. Denver, and I'm Denver's insulting a, good a ton of town, cities but in the Denver process wins. Here. Yeah, Denver wins. Yeah, like the do we, Dallas. Like, Chris, you can speak to Dallas better. No, but the, but yeah, but the the Mavs won a championship in two thousand and nine. But it's not even about that. Just the pure quality of fan. That's what I oh, want to da- know. The da- the Dallas fans are. I mean, the Dallas fans are. I will say this, Carlin. They are not as well. I guess they can be obnoxious in their own way. They're not as rowdy as a lot of other fan bases, but they are diehards when it comes to their teams, especially with the Cowboys. I will say this, football is king in Texas, and if you play for the Dallas Cowboys, if you've played for the Dallas Cowboys, you are always good in Dallas. You don't have to be a star, Carlin, to be good in Dallas. Like, you will forever and always be good in that city. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is what I want out of my great fan bases is that they're going to show up and not necessarily sell out, but if all the teams are mediocre to bad, like, you know, I'm a Rangers, a Texas Rangers fan. There were plenty of people, you know, 10, 12 years ago when they were really good who could not have found the ballpark at Arlington with a GPS uh, that showed up at the playoffs. Well, yeah, now that Jerry Jones has put Jerry World out there, all you got to do is say it's across the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all you have to do. So now you know where it's at. But I'll say this about the Dallas sports fans, Carlin. What takes them to the next level is that on Friday nights in the fall, everybody's at a high school football game. That's true. Whether you know any of the kids or not, you're at a high school football game because that's what they do. So that takes their fandom to a whole nother level because it's not just about the pro teams. It's about the local college teams. It's also about the local high school teams. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. You remember a few months back when there was the rumor floating around that Sean Payton might actually – quit the Rams and go to TV after they won the Super Bowl. And it seemed unlikely at the time. You mean Sean McVay? Uh, Sean McVay, excuse me. Sean, yeah. Well, Sean Payton is the other part of this. Sean McVay was going to do that. And it came out, he said, I, am, I have no interest in pursuing a career in TV at this point. And the 
assumption thereafter was widely made, and even ownership uh, mentioned it, that he would be getting a contract extension along with Les Snead. They haven't announced one as of yet. Well, that story came out about Sean Payton getting potentially a 10-year or five-year, $100 million contract to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. $20 million a year. If Sean McVay has not signed that contract extension, one would think that the Rams might have a little issue on their hands there in terms of a renegotiation. Well, Carlin, isn't that where it has to go to be competitive with the sports media companies that are trying to Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it, it almost has to go that way. I mean, Troy Aikman, what is he getting? $20 million a year with, yep. with the company to do Monday Night Football? Look what Brady's going to get when yeah, he's Yeah, look done. what Tom Brady's going to get $300 million from Fox. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's where you have to go to keep the best and brightest minds in your organization. So, there's no question that Sean McVay would get a mint or a premium if he decided to defect and leave coaching with a Super Bowl ring and go be an analyst for one of the major networks. I, I have no doubt about it. So if you're the owner of the Los Angeles Rams, if you're Stan Kroenke, this is the territory that you're going to have to go when it comes to a contract extension. But I also understand why the deal hadn't gotten done yet, Carlin, because they did have to take care of Cooper Cup. They did have to take care of Matt Stafford. They did have to take care of Aaron Donald. They, they signed Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner in free agency. They've been spending a lot of money in L.A., a lot of money. I still can't figure out how – they be they can sign all these guys with with the salary cap, but they're spending a lot of money. But there is no salary cap on coaches, and so I do anticipate Sean McVay in short order becoming the highest paid coach in the National Football. If League. that's what the market is, Sean McVay is worth it. Is Sean Payton really worth that kind of money? Is Sean McVay worth that kind of money? McVay is. Is Sean Payton? Yeah, I think Sean Payton is worth that kind of money. I mean, he won one Sean Super Payton, Bowl, Sean but Payton. that was a long time ago. Yeah, but Sean Payton is one of the three best coaches in the National Football League because his teams are consistently competitive, Carlin, and he's one of the best offensive minds in the game, and we know that's where NFL teams tilt toward when they decide who their head coach is going to be. So, yeah, Sean Payton is absolutely a phenomenal coach. I had a chance to be around him when he was the coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a phenomenal coach. I'm interested to see where he's going to land next offseason because there will be no shortage of suitors for him. Even teams that seem like they're on solid ground with their head coach, could potentially be moving off of their guy if they feel like they can make a run at Sean McVay. I mean, Sean Payton. That's how good of a coach Sean Payton actually is. <sighs> listen, I twenty million a year. I mean, I, listen, he's he's great. Uh, I don't Carlin, know. what is what does it matter when these Maybe teams I are just, making? Chris, here's, Carlin, here's my Carlin, problem. In let me ask you this question, Carlin. Carlin, let me can I, ask, can I ask you a question? I just yeah. want you to keep this in perspective. You're talking about $20 million a year for the coach. Yeah. What does it matter when the team is making $300 million a year? I, I understand that. What does that matter? That's also, like, it, it doesn't just matter. throwing the money around, though, is not the argument. It's what is the level to which you will go to bring in a coach that is widely respected, yes, but as far as winning is concerned and championships, he's got one. He's been to one Super Bowl as a head coach. One. Yeah, he's been to one. And it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but he's got a heck of a lot of playoff appearances, Carlin, and he's got a whole lot of playoff wins. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's got over 125 NFL wins under his belt. I mean, okay. it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. His record is pretty good. I, I don't think I would pay him $20 million a year. 
I really don't. And I know that he's respected. I don't know that he's worth it at this point. Hey, I think that's a Carlin, level. He's one hundred and fifty-two and eighty-nine in the regular season, and he's nine and eight in the postseason. Nine and eight in the postseason. I'm supposed to get excited. Nine and eight in the postseason. Carlin, that's pretty good to have a winning record in the postseason. I mean, it's I'm pre- killing, it's, it's I'm killing Aaron Rodgers t- 10 days ago for being 11-10 and 10 in the postseason for his career. Well, I'm just saying it's a pretty good place to be if you're Sean Payton. You've, you've done a pretty good job. You've, re- you've resurrected a franchise that was, in large part, irrelevant. So, yeah, it's worth it to pay Sean Payton $20 million Canty a year and because he can establish a program. And for Greeny, we have been presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs>